Hey guys, welcome back to the show. And remember, we're doing a two-part show. Well, two-part segment, two-part show. I don't know, two parts. It's still to be continued. It's, it's a two-part type of show. Last week was the first one. Remember, we're taking AEW and WWE. Last week was WWE. This week is AEW. We're taking 10 of WWE stars. There are no trades. We're just taking them and adding them to the fold. Of what we currently have right now. I will book them out for a year. As you if you listened to last week's show, you will know, notice that some people's is more extensive than others, but some people's are more connected because they're meeting each other in the end or meeting each other at the beginning. Whatever. So with that being said, let's get into AEW. So for the record, if you didn't listen last week. Here are the 10 stars I would take from WWE. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, The Undisputed Era. Remember, I said 10 acts. So, tag teams, groups, whatever. Cesaro, Kyrie Sane, Sasha Banks, Asuka, Andrade, and Zelina. Because Zelina's not staying out of uh, wrestling for much longer. Ricochet and finally Alistair Black. Matter of fact, now I think about it, I don't know if I said AEWs. I think I probably just said WWEs last week. So, anyways, that's what I took. Start with AJ Styles. AJ Styles would make his surprise debut the very beginning of the show Revolution. So, February, I believe Revolution is March this year. But let's just say February. So all of a sudden you hear this new music, like no one knows what the bleep it is. And all of a sudden you just see AJ Styles walk out. Fans would go crazy. He would come in the ring, he'd grab a mic. This would not be a 20-minute promo. This would be a five-minute promo straight to the point. He would say, hey, you know, I left WWE because I, I need my career to end on the highest of high notes. Some people may say WrestleMania is a high note. I agree. However, there's a higher note. There's a higher calling. I remember how I started my New Japan career. One of only two men to debut in the Tokyo Dome and win the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship. But how I ended was unforgivable. It ended with me being kicked out of the Bullet Club, embarrassed, humiliated, disrespected. And less than a month later, I'm breaking records, debuting at the Royal Rumble. And the man that was the leader of the Bullet Club at that time, he's here now. He is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So Kenny Omega, I see that you uh, don't have a match tonight. Don't know how this company lets you get away with not defending your title at one of their four major pay-per-views, but hmm, not my business, I guess. But I'm laying down the challenge right now. Me versus you, one on one for the AEW Championship. I'm here to make more history. Kenny Omega comes out. He stays on the ramp. He mocks him. He says, okay, you deserved it, man. You traded. You, you, you turned your back. See, I didn't turn my back on anyone. 
I just elevated to having my own company. You see what we've done here without the likes of you, the greatest wrestler in the world? We always knew that wasn't true. So you're right, I don't match. That's because AEW, we appreciate our talent. We don't run them dry like every other company you've been with. That includes you, Impact. So I accept your challenge. I'll put this championship on the line versus you in the main event tonight and prove that you deserved what you got at the end of your run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. After a tough, hard-fought match, a 45-minute long match, the show would end with only one minute to spare. Out of nowhere, Omega goes for a one-winged angel. Styles counters it and hits the Styles Clash 1-2-3. Your new heavyweight champion is AJ Styles. After this, the entire rest of the year, AJ Styles dominates. He defends his championship against Cody. He says, I don't care if you don't deserve it. I'm going to give you one. I want to beat everybody. And I want no excuses. I want no one to say they couldn't. They, they, I couldn't beat them. He defeats Cody. He defeats the Young Bucks. He defeats Moxley, MJF. He, he defeats everyone going into the next year as AEW champion. And that's his arc. Daniel Bryan. He will debut. Debut. He will debut in April. On an episode of Dynamite. The first thing he'll do is debut cutting off MJF. Because I just think MJF has. He's the jelly. And the same way Miz and Daniel Bryan have that peanut burn jelly. MJF will be that to Daniel Bryan and AEW. MJF doesn't like it. After a bunch of talking back and forth and trading barbs. They'll have their first one-on-one match at double or nothing. MJF will win. MJF will then talk, 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 but he won't give Daniel Bryan a rematch until the reason AJ Styles wins his championship match is Daniel Bryan comes in and nails MJF with the big knee, unbeknownst to AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan then rolls out. Styles pins MJF. Now MJF says, you cost me a championship. Now, you'll get what you want at All Out. But when I win, you go back to that other company. You belong there. You don't belong here. Daniel Bryan gets his win back. So you think this is going to be a, a tour? You think this is going to be like a, a three-fight thing? Uh, but it's not. At the end of the match, once Daniel Bryan makes MJF tap out to the label lock, Eddie Kingston comes out and beats the holy hell out of Daniel Bryan. Beats him down. Now, this feud can't end. We do that on purpose. Because the following year, we want these two to still feud and still have that one-on-one going on. We're we're treating it like um, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. If you remember, 2005, they littered their matches. But it was in spots. You know? And I, don't, I think they actually ended at one and one. I think one was, I think it was one, 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 because the last one ended in a tie. 
But we don't want this feud to end. We just want to end. We just want to end right now. But uh, Eddie Kingston comes out, beats the hell out of him, and all of a sudden now you Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at the very last pay per view of the year in a death match. One of Daniel Bryan's very last death matches before he kings it up. It's against Eddie Kingston. He gets the win, of course, and that's how his year ends. As he says, "Hey, look here, I." His year will end on a singles front that way. He'll say, hey, I want to win championships here. How come I've not been eligible for to win championships? Lance Archer comes out, says there's a tag team tournament going on. I need a partner. Winners get a shot at the, the, the tag team championships at Revolution the following year. Will you be my partner? Because Daniel Bryan's already proven he can tag with a big man, and it could turn out great. So you, now you have Lance Archer and Daniel Bryan's a tag team in this tournament. Tournament isn't until next year, so we'll leave that ambiguous. The Undisputed Era. They will come in and immediately feud with Eddie Kingston's clan, the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, and Eddie Kingston over the trios titles. There will be trios titles in this universe in AEW. So they will win the trios titles. The trios will be Roddy Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. And throughout the entire year, they'll sprinkle out singles matches with Kyle O'Reilly, Rice Strong, and Adam Cole. But for the most part, I want them to stay as a unit this first year. The following year is when they'll go after singles championships. But I want those trios titles to feel important for this year. So they're going to be fighting everyone in trios matches. And they're going to be really strong this entire time. And they will, and this will culminate, their year will culminate in a feud that they will win. With Private Party and Matt Hardy. But for the most part, this is their year is basic as hell. They're doing a lot of tag team stuff. Adam Cole is just doing his singles thing, but he's a part of it. But for the most part, they're a unit. So, like, they're not getting any other shots. Cesaro will debut in May at Double or Nothing. He will win. He will be a surprise entrant in a battle royal that will determine a number one contender for the TNT Championship at Fighter Fest. Cesaro will debut a surprise. He will win this tournament. And then at Fighter Fest, he will defeat the current TNT champion, Will Hobbs, in a great match for the TNT Championship. Cesaro will then go on to defend the TNT title against everyone and everything. So you have Impact stars on Wednesday Night Wrestling him. You will have ROH stars. You will have indie stars. Just he's gonna he's gonna go every week defending that championship, and he's gonna win every week because we know Cesaro is just that good. He will have high he will have high profile ones as well. This won't be dynamite matches. He's gonna have a high profile one at All Out and a high profile one at the very last pay per view of the year. But and one of the last shows of the year. It won't be the last week. It'll be, let's just say, the middle of December. The same time frame that John Moxley lost his championship is when he will finally lose that TNT championship to Ricochet. Kyrie Sane. She will debut as a tag team partner of Rio. Just supporting Rio. Rio's been getting beat down. And Rio is the current women's champion and so she's been just a target 
And so finally, she says, hey, I have backup. I have a friend on the way. So Rio will, Rio and Shane will immediately lose their first tag team match. That's fine. They will win a bunch of tag team matches after that. But finally, she notices that, hey, Rio's the woman's champion. I kind of want that belt. She turns heel, beats down her partner. Says, it's my turn to get this championship. I didn't get my fair shake in that other company. I did win the tag team titles, but I know I can do more. I know I can do more. So she gets a one-on-one match. And all of a sudden, she can't win. You, you wonder why? She can't win because Sasha Banks interferes and beats her down. She's like, Sasha Banks, what? What's she have to do with this? But this will lead to Sheeta getting beat down by Sasha Banks. Excuse me, Rio getting beat down by Sasha Banks. And Rio losing that championship to Sheeta. After this match, she will then move on to Sheeta to try to get that women's championship. But then Sasha Banks once again just interferes. Sasha Banks, which we're going to get to in a second, has is that it's not anything completely against Sane. Something else happens in her storyline that just makes everything with the women just connect for this entire year. Her final feud of the year will be against Tay Conte once she's completely out of the women's title picture. And the women's title picture, she's going to be in it until the final match, final pay-per-view of the year. We're going to get to that match in a second. Sasha Banks. She will come in and immediately defeat Rio for that women's championship. But in her very first defense against Rio, she gets screwed. She gets really screwed. Her foot is on the rope. The referee does not see it. Counts to three. She then loses it. She interferes in everyone's championship matches this entire year. She debuts in February this entire year up until October. Anytime it's a women's championship match, she interferes, which allows Sheeta to then get the championship off of Riho. Well, because Britt Baker then doctored the footage, because you so she makes it seem like she somehow she doctors the footage because she's like, look, you don't belong here. And when Sasha Banks is showing the footage to the referee the very next night on Dynamite, it looks like she's been pinned normally, but she hasn't. We all know she hasn't. Britt Baker doctors, doctors this information. Now, Britt Baker says, now nah, the trash is out of the way. I'm going for the women's title. Britt Baker, nah, you're not doing that. So she beats her down. This leads to a match at All Out. Excuse me, double or nothing. Where Britt Baker wins, which drives Sasha Banks even more crazy. So now Britt Baker gets a shot at the women's championship at Fighter Fest. Nope, Sasha Banks interferes, 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 interferes. Finally, at All Out, Sasha Banks interferes in the, in the women's championship match and beats down these women so badly they're both busted open. Tony Khan's had enough. He says, Look here, I have a huge announcement. The end of September Dynamite, 
Sasha Banks, you better be there because this involves you. And I'm only going to say it one time. If you don't show up, just go back to wherever you came from. I don't care. <laughs> so a month later, this is drawn out. And Sasha Banks is getting even more impatient. And she continues to be the chairwoman of AEW. She's beating down every woman in sight because she can't. She, she's on dark. She's on dynamite. Wherever she can go and see women's wrestling, she's beating people down. No woman's match ends without it. It's going to be so annoying that people are going to be so pissed off at, that this is the ending. Like, you know the ending. Very few matches will end clean. But no woman's championship match this entire year will end clean. So, in September, Tony Khan says, Look here, you've done too much damage. So here's what I'm announcing. For the final pay-per-view of the year, it will be a eight-woman blood and guts match for the AEW Women's Championship to determine, even though Sheeta is your current champion, it will determine who is the champion. We'll never know. Tons of interference by you all year. Cheating, doctored videos. I feel like I'm in Watergate right now. Here are the here are the contestants: Britt Baker, Sasha Banks, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Rio, Sheeta, Thunder Rosa, and Nyla Rose. Here's a catch: if if Sasha Banks wants to keep her spot, she cannot interfere in any more matches. One interference, one accidental bump, anything, she's out. So he suggests to her. Don't go to ringside unless you have a match. Now, because she's stuck with this, now Britt Baker gets her revenge. Asuka gets her revenge. Rio saying everyone in this match gets their revenge on her for, for them being attacked. In blood and guts, the, the culmination of the story will finally be Sasha Banks getting her women's championship back that she never really lost. And then she'll feud with Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa the rest of the year over the championship. Asuka. She will come in and start her feud. And flounder over with Nala Rose. Once she gets a victory over her. She'll then flounder for most of the year. Like she kind of is now. She'll have matches on dark. Because she's like hey I can't get on dynamite. Let's go to dark. And we all know Asuka has the personality. To be anywhere and be entertaining. So she'll be on dark. She'll flounder. And so Tony Khan realizes, holy crap, when he's looking at the rankings, Asuka hasn't lost. You know, she's lost to Nala Rose once, but like other than that, she's been on this incredible winning streak. It's like, well, you know, you, you, I know you reside to be on dark. You felt like you weren't getting the time. Let's give you a shot. And then the blood and guts match. She won't win because as she's getting the pin on Britt Baker or she's getting the Asuka lock on Britt Baker, Rebel will get into the cage and rake her eyes. So now the rest of the year, after that loss in blood and guts, she's feuding with Britt Baker and Rebel. Andrade and Zelina. They will come in as a new power couple, which will not rub Penelope Ford and Cape Sabian the right way. They will feud with them for the first couple of months. Then Andrade, after a few mixed tags, will then be back to singles action with Selena as his manager. He'll get pushed with a winning streak. He will eventually lose his TNT title championship match to Cesaro. And by the year's end, you have Zelina and 
Andrade feuding with Cody and Brandy in mixed tag action. Ricochet. He will come into AEW like he is in WWE right now on the coldest of the coldest streaks. He will he will not be winning matches. He'll be doing incredible things, but he won't be winning matches. All of a sudden, around double or nothing time, right before, Cody says, hey, man, you know, I could help you. You're, you're a great talent. You don't need help in the ring. You just need help with your confidence. See? So you want to come be part of Team Nightmare? Why not? Sure. He'll get a couple wins on his belt. And Cody started him off like a jobber in a video game. So he's on dark. But Cody's on dark with him. Arnaris is on dark with him. So he's not by himself. Notice how we're utilizing Dark. Because Dark, to me, I don't watch it. But to me, I still feel it's a, such an important show. Because Jonathan Esther tells me about Dark all the time. I, I really just don't have enough time to, in the week to really get into it. But there's storylines they do on Dark all the time. And some of them sound ent- entertaining as hell. I just don't have the time in the week to, to watch everything and um, enjoy everything and um, still have a life. <laughs> so anyways, after a few wins, he wins did on Dynamite. He only has like four or five wins. All outs coming up. He's like, hey, Cody, I have a I have a request. I know you've done a lot to help me already, but I need to be I need to be in the ring with the best. I need to beat the best if I want to get my confidence back. And Cody's like, what do you want to do? He's like, you don't have a match at all out. I don't have a match. Me versus you. Cody's reluctant at first. He's like, nah, man, that I've seen that story before. It gets it, it gets to be contentious. I don't want any problems with you. You know, blah, 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 all this good stuff. And so Ricochet says, look here, man, it's if you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it. I will do it. I will beg, borrow and steal. I'll beat you up right now. I'll beat Arn Anderson up. I will go after your wife. If you do not give me a, just I need to be in the ring with the best. Don't do this to me. Don't patronize me. Cody says, whoa, whoa. All right, calm down. Calm down. We'll have a match. They have a great match at all out. And there's no by hook or by crook, no cheating, nothing. Ricochet just catches him. That's it. One time. Cody goes for a move up top. Boom, code breaker. And that's it. Cody just gets caught. And Cody realizes, he's like, damn, dude, like, congratulations, you know. No hard feelings here. You just caught me. It happens, you know. As I record this, this is the night after or the day after Conor McGregor got knocked out. So sometimes you just get caught. And that's what happened here. Well, then this will lead to a hot streak, and it'll be hot, 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 and then it'll just be building to him and Cesaro. From that moment on, you know it's him versus Cesaro, but they have these mini feuds that they are both in that's holding them apart. But finally, the end of the year, Ricochet will get the biggest win of his AEW. It's the second biggest win of his AEW career, defeating Cesaro clean. And becoming the new TNT Heavyweight Champion. Finally, Alistair Black. He will come into great fanfare. His first match, which MJF hates. His very first match against MJF, MJF loses. That's twice you've heard me say MJF loses. He very rarely wrestles. He very rarely loses, though. But he will lose twice this year. All of a sudden, he'll beat Wardlow. And then he'll try to move on. MJF wants another match, and MJF loses again. He will then challenge for the TNT title, but 
because Pac is still feuding with Cesaro and never gotten a TNT Championship match. He's defeated Cesaro in non-title competition, but he's not get gotten it. Pac doesn't like this. Pac's like, who the f- who think you are, dude? Now, if I can't get a championship match, you cannot get a championship match. So for the rest of the year, these two are just in a feud over who's getting a championship match. But they're taking, they're distracting each other. They're taking, they're taking each other literally out of the equation. So they feud for the rest of the year, and that's Alistair Black's year in a nutshell. So I hope you guys enjoyed, um, enjoyed this. I enjoyed actually doing it. I didn't think I would. Like when I came up with the concept, I was like, man, this feels like it's gonna be too much. But then when I decided to take two weeks off. And kind of just relax and enjoy enjoy different things in life, I guess. I was like, you know what? This might be the break I need. And this was just fun fancy booking this stuff. And just taking people and just trying to plug in strengths and weaknesses. And to me, just also noticing the, the, the fine points. I don't feel like any current AEW stars or current WWE stars really get hurt by this. It's just elevating people and making them, making them stars. That's why... The two, the two MJF losses are really important to these character stories. They need those wins more than MJF does. And the fact that you always have that feud with MJF and just and you just have it in your pocket for the following year. You, you know what I'm saying? Like to me, those things are crucial and important. Sorry about that. I accidentally hit, <laughs> accidentally hit the uh, end record button. Sorry about that. But to me, those things are truly crucial to the, the 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 growth of these characters that's why you have that's why like i said some people are just intersected like to me keeping brian cage and uh darby allen con- connected but then you throw adam page who's gonna be over like hell in this in this thing you keep them all going and then it's about you we don't we know we don't need to see cody all the time we know we don't need to see kenny omega all the time but when you do have them it's like oh crap it makes it more important and like I said, no one has to constantly turn heel. No one's constantly turn face. But sometimes you just have a match. You know, like, I remember just vividly, right? I remember um, being in military school. And we would do these, like, wrestling things. Like, just mat wrestling. And everyone knew I was big into pro wrestling or whatever. And, and everyone knew I could amateur wrestle somewhat. And so this one guy was like, dude, I used to amateur wrestle in my school. And people would just, it only takes one heckler, Right. And it, it was, people were just getting these. No one got in my ear. I, I could care less. No, it's, um, but some, some people just get in his ear and say, "Hey, man, you, you can't beat him. You can't beat him." I was like, "Dude, why are you listening to these people?" And saying, "He's like, I have to do it. I have to know." I ended up beating him, but it was like it wasn't like. But it was. But it was because he was putting too much pressure on himself. And to me, that moment with Ricochet, it still makes him important. Losing streaks are still important because you, especially if you use them the right way. And I will say, WWE used um, Brian Hawkins that way. You know, like Brian Myers that way. Um, I said Brian, I mean Kurt Hawkins. But like he had this big losing streak that he fought to keep. Then finally his big win came on the cookoff show to WrestleMania where him and Zack Ryder won the tag team titles in their home states. So to me, I don't know. These things are still important. Storytelling obviously is still important. But um, anyways, that's all I got for this for this week. I will see you guys next week. It will, it will be back to the reviews, back to the news. Um. I'm sure by the time you, I've heard you've heard this, a ton of things will have happened in the wrestling business. We'll get into all of that. It may be a longer, it may be a longer show more than usual, but uh, this two weeks will probably be worth it. So thank you for listening, and we'll be out. <laughs>